0: Welcome to the Endpoints podcast from the ALS Therapy Development Institute. Today our topic is copper ATSM, a small molecule drug sponsored by a company called Collaborative Medicinal Development. CMD recently completed enrollment for a phase one trial in June of this year. Following promising results from this study, which were reported at the 2018 International Symposium on ALS MND, there have been a lot of stories and social media posts surrounding copper ATSM and the hope that it may hold. Today I'm joined by Dr. Fernando Vieira, CSO at ALS TDI to talk a little bit more about this drug and its background. So welcome Fernando.
1: Thank you, happy to be here.
0: Great. So what is copper ATSM?
1: So like you just said, uh, copper ATSM is a small molecule drug. Um, It's currently in clinical development for ALS and also Parkinson's disease um, by a company in Australia, uh, Collaborative uh, Medicine Development. It's a small molecule that's a little bit unique in that it holds copper. Um, it's sort of uh, a, almost a small molecule copper chaperone. Um, it had initially been developed and uh, used um, in Asia as an imaging agent, because um, it was able to sort of label hypoxic tissues like tumors and, uh, and the like. Um, and so it's, it's been used in people before.
0: Okay, and can you tell us a bit about the background and how we've gotten to where we are today?
1: Sure, sure. So like I said, it's, it, um, it had actually been initially developed as an imaging agent or a PET ligand, uh, positron emission tomography uh, ligand, um, in, in clinical use for a while. It kind of captured the attention, I believe, of some researchers in the ALS space because of its potential to deliver copper. And there are a couple groups, uh, one at Oregon State University, led by uh, Dr. Joseph Beckman, and another uh, academic research group in Melbourne, Australia, led by uh, Dr. Peter Crouch. So its potential as a copper chaperone made it interesting to treat SOD1 mutation-mediated ALS. And, and so if you don't know, uh, SOD1, or superoxide dismutase, Um, in its whole nomenclature is called copper-zinc superoxide dismutase. So that's because this protein um, holds uh, two different metal ions, one being zinc, which is a big part of how SOD1 maintains its shape, and the other being copper, which is really essential for SOD1's job in the cell, or one of its known jobs in the cell, uh, which is as an antioxidant. It's been uh, reported that SOD1 mutations uh, tend to cause the protein to sort of let go of these metal ions. It makes them unmetallated. For that reason, uh, Beckman and Crouch decided to try copper ATSM in different models of ALS. So in hopes that maybe this molecule would help deliver copper to the unmetallated SOD, thereby making the SOD1 function properly and maybe helping it uh, to maintain its shape.
0: And I know that ALS-TDI in particular looked at this drug at one point. So can you tell us about our research? Sure,
1: sure. So the the work done um, by the Beckman and Crouch groups did pique our interest. They had been working on it over a, a few years. And there was one particular result in a specific mouse model that both expresses the human mutant SOD1 and a protein that's also a human protein called copper chaperone for SOD, CCS. And in that particular version of a SOD1 mouse, copper ATSM virtually cured them. It was a pretty remarkable Mm -hmm. result. So that, in conjunction with the previous results in more standard SOD1 models, uh, compelled us to want to test the drug ourselves. This is a thing that we do a lot um, when we see an interesting model, uh, a molecule in the publication space in ALS that somebody has reported as efficacious. We'll try to replicate it ourselves
0: yeah.
1: and, um, and usually it doesn't work out great. Yeah. Uh, usually we haven't been able to replicate others' results but in this case we did and that was exciting to us. Um, so we published those results I think in 2016.
0: So we know that it was tested in University of Melbourne, mm-hmm. in Oregon yep. State University, yes. was it? Yep. And here ourselves. So how important is it that multiple sources would validate a drug before it gets to humans?
1: Well, I think it's really important to have more confidence in your preclinical data packages, right? right. Um, so ALS is a really hard disease to treat. Um, and... People with ALS only have so many chances to get into trials. You want the trials that are being um, performed to have the best chances of success possible. So when more groups are able to try a therapeutic approach and show similar results, it gives you a lot more confidence um, that the result that was initially reported wasn't just a function of a specific circumstance within that lab. It's more generalizable.
0: So how do people think that copper DSM is working?
1: Well, um, that's a really good question, um, and it might be a little challenging to answer. But in SOD1 mouse models, there's really good reason to believe that it's working at least in part by delivering the copper to the SOD1 so that the SOD1 is able to then function properly and um, maintain its proper folding, its proper shape. Um, However, there's also evidence that copper ATSM is able to scavenge molecules like peroxynitrite. So peroxynitrite is a molecule that is able to disrupt the electron transport chain in mitochondria. So what that does is that would um, disrupt the ability to generate energy within a cell. And peroxynitrite has been shown to be elevated in sporadic ALS. So... Mm -hmm. So that kind of opens things up outside of just the SOD1 folding function. Uh, There's also the fact that copper ATSM has shown efficacy in other neurodegenerative models like Parkinson's models, um, and those probably don't involve SOD1 folding. Um, So there may actually be multiple mechanisms at play here.
0: Okay, and I mentioned earlier that they recently completed enrollment of a small phase one study um, in Australia. So what do we know about that?
1: So we know a little bit about it. Um, uh, there's, there have been some results reported. I believe it was in December in 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, so we know that the trial includes people with both uh, sporadic and familial ALS. And we know that it was like a dose escalation trial. And so what that means is they'll start um, people off with a very low dose, say two milligrams per day. Mm-hmm. And then if the people tolerate two milligrams well, they go to four. And then if you tolerate four well, they go to eight in that, that sort of um, paradigm. Um, and so ultimately they arrived at a, con- a dose of 72 milligrams per day. And that was because 72 milligrams per day was well tolerated. But it also had to do with the fact that they measured drug levels in blood. So what they tried to do was match human drug levels um, while receiving the drug, to um, drug levels that were seen in blood from mice that showed efficacy, um, believing that you know if you can match the levels, maybe you'll match the efficacy. Um, so the, the trial ultimately ended up having, I think, six people who received that 72 milligrams per day dose, and I think it was extended into an open-label um, period where people have continued to receive the drug.
0: And when might we hear a bit more about this?
1: So um, the only information I was able to get about this was um, from clinicaltrials.gov. And what they cite there is that the estimated completion date for the trial uh, is March 30th in 2020, so next year.
0: So we've covered a good bit here today. So what are the key summary or takeaways from this, do you think?
1: So I'd say to summarize, copper ATSM, it's a really interesting molecule in the development, uh, in, in clinical development for ALS. Um, it's uh, mostly focused in Australia right now. Um, we'll see if the, the trials end up moving to um, the United States or Europe. Um, the preclinical data around copper ATSM are really good. Um, it's good to see multiple groups um, showing efficacy. And those results really did justify the advancement of the drug into human trial. The strongest data seem to support treatment of mutant uh, SOD1-mediated ALS, but um, it's fair to include, to not rule out efficacy for sporadic ALS. um, And we're really looking forward to seeing how this plays out.
0: All right, and we will see, and hopefully we'll get some positive results. We'll leave it there for today, but if anyone has any feedback or comments on the endpoints, you can email us at endpoints at als.net. Thank you for listening, and thank you, Fernando. Thanks, Emer.